very welcome along, hard to believe that it's that music again, Porrick. Good we're morning back. to we're you. You, I, I'm a little you? bit behind you. You've been here last week. Uh, you're welcome back. We're back for the the spring summer season. The spring season, yeah. yeah, spring and summer season. Looking forward to it. It's, it doesn't be long coming round, does it? Dif- difficult start, perhaps for us. It's been, yeah, it's been a tough autumn and, and a tough winter, and and I suppose the snow really crowned it in the last uh, the last week or ten days. Yeah, it's been so wet and and uh, very mild, I suppose, winter, but but an extremely wet winter and people just haven't been gardening it's as simple as that since since we left the programme in October you know, November, December right through January, February it's been so wet uh, and uh, very difficult for people just to even do the basic things yeah. of, of keeping the garden tidy and so I think there's a huge um, pent up demand to get back into the garden and even the couple of days this week I was very tempted myself last night I'm feeling guilty now <laughs> that I didn't cut the lawn okay. last night well, because if well, I haven't well, cut well, it was it fit for cutting? Is oh it, it was it was perfect conditions last night I was hemming and hawing and, and I had something else to go to and I said nah, I'll do it tomorrow and look at today it's 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 piddling you're ta- rain you're taking, you're taking a leaf out of my book do it tomorrow but anyway but it's uh, been so difficult to it, actually get yeah. an opportunity or to get a window between and I suppose October. and the ground even for, for cutting lawns has been so heavy it's been so heavy yeah, so so even even for planting and for for just getting out into the garden, it's been it's been really tough on people. And the snow then, and thankfully we didn't get anything to the degree they got it on the east coast. I was up there on Wednesday, and, and there's still the remnants of snow, big piles of snow along the footpaths. Yep. And I was down through Wicklow, and it's still on the hills and still in the fields. So we got off very lightly. But I see some of the questions coming in, and and uh, the the type of things that people are asking is about the scorching on plants. So, I mean, if you are getting back out into the garden in the next couple of days or or over the next week, you will notice on certain plants, particularly more tender plants, things like hebes and pittosporums, and even there's a couple of questions on laurels that are slightly damaged. So we are going to see a little bit of leaf damage, a bit of scorching on plants, but it's nothing too damaging. I mean, it's nothing to to the extent that we got in, in zero it's well, nine yeah, I, I don't think so. No, uh, no. And I, I did notice actually on my own um, on my own road some of my neighbours um, and I felt for them uh, they have an Escalonia and they were out putting fleece on it right. before the snow they, came and I suppose you know everyone learned in 2010 because sure uh, so many Escalonias died as yeah. a result. Yeah. So I said oh well, fair play to them they're not yeah. you know once bitten twice shy. Exactly and, and the fleece mm. works really well but the degree of, of frost that we got and, and in, in 9 and 10 it was more the fact that each each night it got colder and colder. You had the thawing effect and then the freezing effect, and that's really what damaged. And plants. it was prolonged. It, it was so, went on for three so or four prolonged, weeks, yeah. and the temperatures were so so cold. So this year, I mean, what what you're seeing is only surface damage. So right. if you are seeing brown marks, um, you know, bits of of slightly dead wood prune those back and we're into the season now to start pruning plants back because pruning helps to stimulate plants it actually it, it, it encourages new growth so if you need to tidy up your hedges trim back some of your plants over the next week or 10 days once we get into St. Patrick's weekend it's really the start of the gardening season the temperatures are rising mm-hmm. you were saying you know 9 to 12 degrees oh, yeah, tomorrow so we're going to see growth starting very, very soon. Um, and so now is the time to get back out, start tidying up, start trimming up your trees and shrubs, start feeding them over the next week or 10 days. Because when we prune, we feed at the same time. We get the whole the whole system of the plants and the whole spring starting and, and the sap rising and the buds coming forward. So okay, the time to hopefully we'll get a good run out of this. Yeah. yeah. The other the other significant date, I suppose, is, is tomorrow. It's tomorrow, it's Mother's, Mother's Day. Day. Absolutely. And so was, you, you've come in with some fantastic... I was looking around the garden centre last night and and just picking out a couple of the plants that that I particularly like. And I start with this. This is a small little primrose. It's actually a double 
flowering ah, primrose. So, oh, of course it's primrose now that I look at the yeah, leaves. It's, yes. a, it's a primrose family, the primula family, but it's got double flowers and they're a fantastic violet blue and I thought this would make a beautiful plant for, a, you know, maybe your grandmother or your mother, particularly for children. It's it's a small plant, it's a, probably only six or eight inches mm. in height, about a foot in diameter. It's an outdoor plant, it's one that you can plant directly out into the garden now. It always flowers at this time of year. So next year on Mother's Day, Mm -hmm. it'll be in flower and so on. So it generally starts flowering in late February and continues on right through May, you know, till about the middle of May. So that's a little dwarf blue it's one of the um, double primroses. It's blue shades is actually the variety. But it's got I, that I've, lovely never, I've never seen a double primrose before. It, isn't it so lovely? It really does uh, kind of lift them off altogether. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and it's a, such a striking colour, that violet blue. Um, blue is a difficult colour to get in the garden, particularly in springtime. So that's a particularly nice plant, I thought, that little dwarf primrose. And that's just blue as is. It doesn't, it doesn't require particular soil. I'm no. thinking like the hydrangeas, for example, no. where It'll, there's, you know, the, the, where the acid or the alkaline gets involved. No, no. it's one of those plants that holds and stays true to that blue colour and to the double flowers as well. It will always have those double blooms. Mm. And as it as it matures, you can divide it and split it and move it to other areas. It's a perennial plant, so it comes back year mm. after year. Nice in a rockery or a border mm. or in a container. Um, you know, so it's neat and compact, I suppose. It's an outdoor plant, so it can be planted out of doors now. And irrespective of the little bit of frost at night time won't affect it. So it's a it's a it's a great, hardy, easy to grow um primula plant. And the fact that it flowers at this time of year, every year, is quite nice. The other plant, outdoor plant I brought along was the camellia. And these are just starting to flower now um, and they come in a whole range of different colours and they're available. This is kind of a lovely soft pink that we have. Yes, it's kind of a beautiful blush pink. Yeah, Yeah, so there's lots of different varieties. Donation is a really good one. There's some red varieties as well. um, And again, if you plant them at this time of year, they always flower through Easter Mother's Day, they cover that kind of spectrum of, of spring, early summer and they flower over a very long period. So camellias are nice. Again, you can plant them out of doors, um, but they're, they're very stunning. They're stunning in colour at the moment. And an indoor plant I brought along is one of the orchids, okay. the Cymbidium orchids. Um, again, they have a name for being difficult to grow, but they're actually quite simple. They're one of these plants that actually thrive, if anything, on a little bit of neglect. Um, so ease off in the watering, you know, don't give it too much feed. Um, it likes a bright location, so mm-hmm. somewhere bright and sunny, so a bright windowsill. Watering it maybe every fortnight at this time of year right. with the temperatures indoors. And they tend to flower for a very long period, orchids. So try and get them with a, a little bit of colour showing, but lots of buds that are nice and tight and that will flower over the next couple of, of weeks. So they're the type of plants. They're all in flower at the moment lovely for Mother's Day. Yeah. Um, and particularly I think now that we've had such uh, you know the long winter and so little colour it is a lovely idea to have a little bit of colour for yeah, Mother's Day. Yeah to mark, mark the occasion and uh, both two of those the primula and the comedia can be planted directly out of, outdoors or put in a pot outdoors or if you had a patio and I say cold patio or conservatory you could put them in there as well and then the orchid is really for, for a splash of colour Indoors. Indoors. indoors yeah. Okay, so I'm not an exhaustive uh, selection by any means, just a taste. Um, I don't need two arms. <laughs> two hands to bring them lots in. Lots more available. Oh, there's lots, yeah. loads of plants yeah. available at the moment, and I think it's a great way to mark the occasion. Thinking of, speaking about Patrick's Day, it says it's actually this day a week. It's this day a week. Yeah, so it I is. brought you in some shamrock. Oh, thank you um, so much. So there you go. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to come fully resplendent uh, now next Saturday. The Irish shamrock, and as you know, it's available. Now, a little tip for people. Mm-hmm. People tend to leave the purchasing of shamrock till kind of the day before St. Patrick's Day. And it's a bit shock looking at that te- And you're getting the dregs, yeah. really, to be mm-hmm. honest. My advice is get them today, if you can, or over the weekend. Okay. Get the plants, pot them up, 
So put them into a bigger pot or into a glass bowl, maybe two or three plants into a glass. No, so nice fill, idea, yeah. Fill the bowl with, with, with regular compost and you can take a, a glass bowl that has no drainage, right? So there's there's no drainage in the bottom. It doesn't matter. You don't matter. need little, little no, pebbles just, or anything like that. Just be careful about the watering that you don't overwater it. Mm. Fill the glass bowl. So, for example, I used a tea light holder, a large tea light holder, filled it with compost, put in three of the shamrock plants about a week ago. Right. And you want to see it on the windowsill it's today. It's absolutely overflowing. Because, so my tip is, get the plants this weekend if you can, pot them up into a larger pot. It can be anything, any pot at all, large pot, put two or three plants into a very big bowl. Um, sit it on a bright windowsill, preferably where there's a radiator close by. And the heat from the indoors and the light will just get the plant to explode into growth. And it will actually double or treble its size within the week. Right. So over the next seven days. Um, I, I featured this, these plants on Ireland AM on... Um, Wednesday, Thursday mm-hmm. of this week, and I was just ta- I was talking to Mark Cagney about the showing him the small plant and how, and I showed him the, the big bowl of shamrock that I potted up literally a week before, and it's amazing how quickly they grow. So by buying the plants now, potting them up, giving them that five or six days, you'll actually double their size, and great for then clipping on St Patrick's Day. Yeah. Remember, it's a perennial, so once it's once you trim it and take the the leaves off it next Saturday, you can plant it out of doors. It's actually a variety of shamrock. Of um, clover, clover, clover <laughs> should I say, shamrock, um, and, but it's a particular variety. It's the yellow flowering uh, clover. So we've got white clover, we've got red clover that farmers often mix in grassland areas, mm-hmm. great for bees. But this is the yellow flowering clover. So it's it's trifolium dubium. Um, so it, trifolium means it's three leaves. leaves. Yep. Um, but it's a particular variety of um, of clover. So it's got that small, dainty shamrock style leaf. So um, shamrock is really clover then is what we're saying. Well, well shamrock is clover but not all clovers are shamrock. Oh yes. If that well, makes okay. sense. Yes it does. Yes. So there's different so, varieties of... So clover tr- being the wider the, the wider family. The wider such. family and yes. we've got white clover, we've got we've got uh, red flowering so clover. So shamrock is just one branch of that family. It's, it's the yellow flowering. So when this plant actually comes into flower in May uh, it's yellow, bright yellow, small, dainty little yellow flowers. But the leaf is significant because with white clover and red clover, the leaf is a lot larger. Mm-hmm. It tends to have a white vein in it as well. So it's completely different. It looks completely different. Um, and often when we sow the seed, you'll always get a little rogue bit of white clover, red clover coming into the to the mix as well. So, you know, so the seed for this, for example, was sown back in August of last year. Okay. It grows then during the autumn period. Um, but if you pot it up now, that's the, the key tip I'm saying to people. Get your plants this weekend if you can. Put them into a large pot or into a glass bowl or whatever. You can replicate the White House at the right okay. house. <laughs> you house. can take out your best bo- water for it. Bo- exactly, and plant it up. And, you know, I'm sure three, that'll go down well. Three or four plants, sit them on a bright windowsill and um, that'll give you lots then to trim and to use next Let's Saturday. Start. So don't be leaving it for until... Till Thursday. Till Thursday. Or, fri- or Friday evening uh, as uh, I might Friday. do, but anyway. Now just before we go to the ad yeah. break, just to mention the um, Westport Beekeepers asked me just to mention sure. that on their website they have a new beekeeping beginners course starting in April of this year. It's actually in the latter part of April on the 21st and 22nd. So full details, because I know there's huge huge interest. We always get a great response Absolutely. to when we start chatting about, about bees and, and beekeeping. So they're starting a beginners course. It's starting in April, the 21st and 22nd. We'll remind listeners later on um, as we go through the, the, the next couple of weeks. But if people go on to their, the, the, the Westport Beekeepers website, you'll get full details there. And that'll be running in Westport over that the two days. And the Westport honey is available at the moment. So if people are looking for the honey, 
Um, it tends to be scarce. We tend yes. to get it in and then it's gone. So it is actually available uh, in the garden centres at the moment. Um, so if people are looking for... It, so that's last year's crop of I was going to say, honey. I presume that is last yeah, year's crop. Yeah, it's last year's crop of honey. And, uh, you know, as I always say, it's, it's great to, to take because it's full of the natural pollen and nectar that we have here in the west of Ireland. So so that's available at the moment as well. But keep an eye out if people have an interest in beekeeping and particularly people that want to get into the whole uh, keeping of bees, particularly at beginner level, that course is running in April 21st and 22nd and all the details on, are on the Westport Beekeepers website. Excellent. Baby plants question. Okay. Um, so I suppose people really are anxious to get a bit of colour back in. Um, can we ask, are the baby plants in yet? Is it safe to plant them up in a glass house or should we wait? So the baby plants are these small, they're basically... The little are, plugs, is The it? little plugs, there are a whole range of, of um, bedding plants, things like petunias and begonias and geraniums and, and lobelia and all of that. So they're in little plug format. They've been sown from seed four weeks ago, five weeks ago. So they're quite tough now. Right. They do need to be indoors. So by all means, get them now, plant them up into separate pots or trays or whatever. Keep them in a, ideally, a kind of a cool, a cool windowsill, a porch, conservatory. Or if you're putting them out in the greenhouse, make sure that at night time, particularly when frost has promised, mm. that you put some fleece over them or put in a small little heater just to keep the temperature above one degree or two degrees. So they do need, they don't need very warm conditions, yeah. but they need to be above freezing. Um, so, yeah, start planting them up now. You'll often find with the little baby plants, they tend to be the more expensive seed. So things like geraniums, uh, petunias, begonias are very difficult to sow from seed. So I always advocate plant those from plugs rather than purchasing the seed. And opt for the easier options right. like uh, Godetia and Candy Tuft and French marigolds from seed. Mm. You're set to sow those yourself. Remember as well, the temperatures indoors at the moment that we're having in our own homes with the central heating on are ideal for the sowing of seed of all plants. So tomatoes, chilies, aubergines, use the heat indoors to actually get the, the, the seedlings germinated yourself. So a bit like my shamrock trick. Mm. If you, you know, it, really what I'm using there is the heat in the, in the house at nighttime and the daytime to create that kind of microclimate to force the, the plant thinks it's April and that it's actually... It, it should be putting on lots of new growth. So you can use the conditions that you have in your own homes on a bright windowsill to raise a wide range of plants at this time of year. Just simply sow them in, in compost, cover them with cling film, leave them until they germinate and then just transplant them and grow them on. Okay, so once it's indoors for now, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, great stuff. I have a mature red robin. You did allude to the fact that uh, obviously there's been scorching on, particularly on hedging. Yeah. Um, so leaves have been scorched from the, from the weather. So in a situation, now we're treating red robin <coughs> or we're talking about red robin here, but we're talking about all of the Yeah, hedging. and red robin is a great example because it's one of the plants that actually responds exceptionally well to being cut back. Mm. The more you cut it back, the better the colour you get. So irrespective of whether you have marks or not on the leaves, you probably will have, then go out and prune it back. And you can prune a foot or 18 inches off Fortinia Red Robin quite comfortably at this time of year. Not only are you actually rejuvenating the plant, but you're going to get twice as much colour from the plant. And remember, when we prune, we feed as well. So give them a good tight trimming back now over the next week or 10 days. Put on some of the Osmo Pro 6 tree and shrub fertiliser and that'll green them up and bring them on and you'll have lots more colour from the plant and I would also advise you know midsummer, around June and July give the Fortinia a second trim if you cut it back at that stage it'll actually create another burst of red colour for you for the autumn so it responds really well to trimming regular trimming back Okay and is it safe to dig up my mountain flame and make two plants of it at the moment um, and could I do the same with heather? Well mountain mountain flame is the um, Fortinia is the sorry Pieris mountain 
fire or mountain flame. So I wouldn't go dividing. Certainly if you need to move it, you can dig it up and transplant it. But uh, unless you can divide it in two pieces, then it's normally grown as a single shrub. Yeah. So if the listener needs to move it, by all means, they can dig it up and transplant it. Mm. Um, and, and now is a great time to do that. But I wouldn't be advocating that you're actually breaking it and splitting it in two. So by all means, transplant it. And the moving of plants, you can move plants now until, for about another week to 10 days. After that, they're into full growth and we'll have missed the opportunity. Okay, we're going to talk about Heathers again fairly shortly because I need to see another question on that, so we'll hang on to that part of it for there. Um, I haven't cut the lawn since last October and noticed a lot of buttercups and daisies in clumps. Is it time for a trim? Well, it's, it's certainly time to trim the lawn back once you get the weather conditions uh, suitable. Really, the steps now are, feet, are, are controlling moss in particular because moss is everywhere this year with the, with the mild wet weather. Mm. So put on the zero, put on a, a moss treatment now to get rid of any moss that, that are there. Then feed the lawn to get increase the, the colour and, and to, to kickstart it. Yeah. And you're also then helping to soften the weeds, making them more susceptible to any weed killer you want to use in April. So I'd leave the weed killing alone, particularly things like dandelions and that should be left until after flowering before you treat them. Um, so allow them to flower, allow the bees to get at them, and then if you want to treat them. But certainly the, the controlling the moss, feeding the lawn at this time of year, and getting out whenever the opportunity arises to give it a trim and tidy it up. Always put the grass box on, for the first and second cuts, so remove the first old the old grass, dump it on the compost heap, um, but but uh, and then get the moss control on, get the feed on, and get the lawn back in good condition again. Now I'd like to move daffodils from my mum's garden back oh, yeah. to my garden. Right. When do we do this? Well, they're in full flower at the moment, and any time we move them in the green, uh, and same with snowdrops, and same with generally spring flowering bulbs. If you need to move them, you move them in the green, so you can allow them to flower. And then literally the following day or a couple of days later, dig them up, split them up into, into you know, kind of bite-sized chunks and then replant them uh, into the garden. So, And old daffodils respond very well from lifting and dividing. So it's a good idea anyway in your garden to actually dig them up every couple of years and, and transplant them to other areas. But if you need to move them, let them finish flowering, then literally dig them up as, as clumps, split up the clumps and replant them somewhere else. And the last in a bucket or a box for, you know, three to four days comfortably if, if, if the listener wants to move them from, from this house to that right. house. If they're over being transported. Yes, yeah. if they're being moved around, they're perfectly fine, left in a, in a bucket with some soil around them. Um, or put them into pots. You can literally lift them, put them into pots, leave them in the pots and then plant them whenever you want over the summer or even next autumn, put them into the areas you want them to flower in next year. Okay. Now, can I still prune back my coronet apple trees and how severe can I go? They're pretty shapeless and they were just planted last year. Okay, well remember that the coronet apple trees are the dwarf apple trees, so they're going to require little or, or no pruning. So if the listener, if there's a particular branch that's gone wayward, wayward or there's crossing branches, they sh- should require minimal if and, and nearly no pruning on the coronet variety. So unless there's a misshapen branch or it's gone a little bit wayward, then... You, by all means, you can cut it back and now is a good time to do it. But do bear in mind that coronet, the coronet family, are dwarf apple trees. They only put on six to eight inches of growth per year. So they require very, very little trimming. Okay. So don't butcher them back by any means. Because <laughs> they'll look pretty Absolutely. sad so, otherwise. And if, they, if it, they were only planted last year, they're relatively young trees. They're probably four or five year old trees. So they require very, very little pruning. So just a light trimming back um, and any branches that might be, you know, gone a little bit extended too far certainly you can shorten those back but I would say you know 
ebb on the side of little pruning, particularly with the coronet family. If it's the regular apple trees, you mm. can still prune them back and you're taking about a third of last year's growth of traditional apple trees in the garden. Okay. Uh, now, uh, is ashes from peat any use in the garden? Well, let's say it's no harm. But it doesn't add a whole lot. Um, Nutritional value. Yeah, ash tends to be high in in potash or there's elements of potash in wood ash or peat ash or coal ash. Um, But there's no great nutritional value in it. So the energy has really gone out of it. Now, you can add it to your compost heap or you could add it to the garden and dig it in. And certainly if it's um, from coal and there's clinkers left in it, that helps drainage and so on. But there's no great um, nutrition value in yeah, you're not going to see any great difference in the garden, but certainly can be can be used. It can be used in a compost heap, or it can be dug back into the soil if you wish, just to get rid of it and to use it up. Now, somebody is tackling the moss, and they've used zero on the lawn. Good. Uh, it went black. Is this all right? Well, the moss has gone black. The lawn won't, so the grass will stay green and the weeds will stay green. But uh, the moss will, and yeah. So that's what you find with zero. Once you put it on, it works very, very quickly. It works overnight. The moss will start to to discolor. And, and you'll see the grass now coming forward in the next couple of days. The real t- tip now is to feed it. Put on a slow-release lawn feed, something like the Osmo, to green it up without forcing it. Okay, but yes, the, the, the blackness is part one of the process. It is. Yeah. Um, now, can we ask Porg, is it time to cut back hydrangeas? Old brown heads still in plants. Our favourite question. Our favourite question uh, from last year. How far do we cut them back? Right, well, the answer is now is the time, any time from now on. So, so, you know, do it this weekend if you wish or in the next week or 10 days. Um, follow the, flower, the old flower stem back. So where you'll see the old flowers fade on the top of the hydrangea, follow that stem back and prune it as close to ground level as possible. Any shoots that haven't borne flowers last year, that's where the flower is going to be carried this year. So you just remove the old flowering shoots, the oldest wood. It tends to be darker in colour as well. So it's it's quite distinctive. You'll, You'll see the difference between the young growth and the old growth. So any of the stems with the old flowers on them, follow them back, prune them out and then put on a high potash feed. So a rose feed would be ideal for hydrangeas at this time of year. And if you want to colour them, if, if you want to bring the pink hydrangea to blue, this is the time of year that you put down the colourant, okay. the hydrangea colourant, and that'll, that'll so change the colour. The blue is the alkaline, is that it? Or am I wrong? No, the blue yeah, is the acid. Sorry, sorry. okay. <laughs> and, and the pink is the, the alkaline. alkaline. So places like Mulrani and Ackle and down through Newport, we see the lovely blue hydrangea because the soil okay. is acidic. acidic. It's acid in, in nature. Uh, so... Okay. So there you go. So there you go. So you can take the, t- cut them back now. Trim them back, yep. feed them, and and, and, and they'll uh, be in business for the year. And they're fine then for the rest of the year. We've confirmation tomorrow for my nephew Nigel, and we'd love to plant a tree or a large plant in the garden for this occasion. Any suggestions? Okay. Well, this it's a great time of year. First of all, lovely for planting. Idea. Yeah, it's a great, lovely way to to mark the occasion. One of the broadleaf trees would be nice. Maybe some one of our native trees. So something like um, mountain ash would be beautiful. The sorbus family. They come in a whole range of different colours. They flower. They bury. The super autumn colour. There's a lovely variety called Joseph Rock. Um, so that's a, a quite a nice variety. Yellow berries in the autumn, lovely red colour. That's quite nice. White beam is another lovely tree in springtime. The leaves as they're coming through are silvery white. So it's a very distinctive colour in that tree. So that's um, the white beam. Or a tree I particularly like is um, Royal Burgundy. The, it's a, in the cherry family. So it's got red plum coloured leaves from for spring, summer and autumn. And then lovely double pink flowers in April and May. So they're four 
really good trees that you could consider. So anything in the, in the mountain ash, sorbus family, the white beam is really good. The royal burgundy um, cherry is lovely as well. Lovely white cherry, the cherite, we often talk about in the programme with the double white flowers as well, is nice. Yeah. Liquid amber would be another lovely tree. Maybe one of the ornamental crabs, one of the malice family. They again flower in the spring, lovely berries in the autumn. Uh, and really the, all of those trees do very well here in the west of Ireland. So they'll be they'll be quite nice. So good, good, good. Yeah, but it's a lovely way to mark. You could you could also use one of the camellias if you wanted. It's something flowering now. It makes quite a big shrub in time. You know, seven, eight, nine feet in time. So that could be used as well. Yeah. So you have lots of different options there, and and I suppose you could swap those around for Mother's Day either. You could absolutely. Now heather. uh, I know we had the question there about um, I think was it uh, dividing heather, Um, but also uh, when is the best time to plant heather? I've noticed that some of the flowering heathers really have added a little bit of colour to otherwise very bleak gardens over the last couple of weeks. Um, so when they're, is... They're brilliant yeah. at the moment. And even with the snow, I mean, there could they're, be a foot uh, yeah. of snow on top of them. And they were still... And then as the yeah. snow melts, they're still in flower and, and the flowers really don't get discoloured either. So they've been brilliant. And, and the, the heathers that are flowering at the moment, we, we call them winter flowering heathers, which I think always does them a disservice because they actually flower from October right through winter and they're brilliant at this time of year and they'll continue to flower well into April. So it's probably generally the end of April before the heathers actually start to lose their colour. So they're flowering for at least six months of the year. And the winter flowering heathers, those that are in flower at the moment, will grow in any type of soil. So it can be acid soil, it can be alkaline soil, it can be rubbishy soil. They'll grow. They're not fussy about the lime content. The summer flowering heathers are. So any of the summer flowering varieties, the ling heathers, they need acid soil, they need that, that boggy natured soil, but the winter flowering varieties, and, and if you plant them now, you still get lots of colour through March and April fr- from them, and they're great for covering the ground, as a carpet around the ground, or to cover the ground or in slopes and banks. I recommend you plant them in groups of the same colour, so if you're putting heathers in, don't be, to be tempted to put in a whole dolly mix, put them in in groups of fives and sevens of the same colour, because they'll hold, they'll amalgamate into one large clump so in time those seven heathers will look like one large carpet that kind of Persian carpet Mm -hmm. effect Um, and through that mix some maybe some dwarf Japanese maples maybe some dwarf conifers as well just to add a bit of foliage and leaf colour as well and you can underplant heathers with spring flowering bulbs so the ideal scenario is to have the winter flowering heathers in flower at the moment Mm -hmm. and then the dwarf daffodils coming up through them and giving lots of colour as well so great time to plant them so you can still plant them now. Um, a little tip that if people have them in the garden, once they go out of flower, trim them back. Get a small shears, electric shears or a little hand shears and trim off the old flowers just before they come into growth around the end of April. That's the time to do it and feed them at that time of year as well. In terms of dividing them, the, the, if, if they've rooted, often if the stem touches the soil or if you pin the stem down, you'll get it to root like a strawberry runner mm-hmm. and those can be severed from the plant and taken and planted elsewhere. The other way to prop propagate heathers is by cuttings small four or five inch cuttings stripping off the leaves and the flowers putting them into rooting powder put them into a small pot and they root readily within a four week or five week period um, so that's the best way I wouldn't divide them per se because you'll damage the plant right. you're like she it's not like dividing a hosta or a rural plant where you can literally split it up into Okay. even though it looks like a comb but yeah. Yeah. yeah but unless some of the as I say some of the times the stems will fall onto the soil with the weight of the flowers and they'll start to root. And if that's if that happens, then 
happy days, you can cut off those rooted stems and transplant them elsewhere. But taking cuttings or transplanting the little uh, runners is the way to to propagate heather. Okay. And ling heather then we don't plant this time of the year, do we? Well, you can plant it at this time of year, but remember that it needs, it it requires acid soil. And we tend not to have, it tends to be more alkaline soils that we have. uh, You know, yes, in parts of in parts of Ackle, in parts of Belmullet, you have the, so the along acid coastal soil. areas. Co- where you've got that peat, where you see the rhododendrons growing okay. and um, the blue hydrangeas, then the ling heather grows ex- exceptionally well and you'll see blanket bogs of it flowering during the summer. Uh, but in our, in our gardens, if you want the easy one and the one that gives six months of colour, go for the winter flowering variety. Winter, spring, really. Mm-hmm. There are things, varieties like uh, Merton Ruby, White Perfection, Fox Hollow, which has lovely yellow foliage, and pink flowers. So there's a whole range of different varieties um, that you can plant okay. in d- different colours. Lots of options there. Yeah. Cows broke into the lawn and left footmarks all over it. Any ideas before the mammy uh, sees it? Uh, <laughs> what a present for mammy's who didn't, day. Who didn't uh, close the gate yeah. properly? And look, at it does happen, it and particularly when, when... And if you live in the country, it happens... Of course it does. ...more frequently than you might like. Of course it does. And look at with the soil conditions as well, with the, with the lawns wet, the cows are going to yeah, sink no, that yeah. a little bit more into it. So what do you do? Simply mix up some... Uh, get yourself some compost and some lawn seed, mix the two together in a barrow or in a bucket, and go around and just fill up the pock marks. So you might have to just level them out slightly, but just fill up the pock marks um, within... a a week, 10 days, the seed will germinate. Certainly within three weeks, it'll have all knitted back together. You won't even notice where they were. So kind of firm them back down again, then fill them up and uh, put, put a mixture of seed and compost through and, and they'll be perfectly fine. Once you start to mow the lawn and, and trim it up, you won't you won't notice by, certainly by April, it'll all be back. Now, uh, somebody who is wondering about a spray for my outdoor garden plants that will stop my pet rabbit eating them. Uh, Carmel is an ackle with that question. Okay, well, the one for, for all grazing animals, things like rabbits and hares and goats and so on, is to use the grazers. So it's a, a particular liquid treat, treatment. It's actually calcium that's in the grazers. So it's designed for uh, things like pigeons and, and rabbits in particular that are eating plants. You just spray it on, onto the foliage. You can use it on vegetables and herbs. It's very safe to use. Um, and basically they dislike the taste of, of calcium. So it's a product called, called grazers. You mix it in water, spray it on, on a dry day. And as soon as the rabbit tastes the leaf, it'll dissuade them to go elsewhere and, and move off maybe to the grass or whatever. Um, so repeat it every maybe three weeks okay. and that'll control it. I remember visiting a garden in, um, in Nace and the chap had lavender growing, oh. right? And he had a problem with, with hares and the hares were eating the lavender. So he, as a test, he sprayed half them with the grazers and half. And you want to see the difference in... I mean, they, they totally left the plants alone. It worked extremely well. So... So the product is grazers. It's very effective. Now, uh, we've got a photograph here via WhatsApp. Um, so, uh, Piporic, uh, love this. It didn't set it, but it has grown from a seed. What's the name of it? I'd love it as a hedge. I live near the sea. Okay, and it's a perfect plant. I had a quick look at it there. It's a plant called Hebe rachiensis. So it's in the Hebe family. It's an evergreen shrub. It does exceptionally well in seaside areas because the leaves are kind of glossy and they withstand the wind and the salt very well. So it's a nice evergreen shrub. It does require regular annual trimming back so a light trimming back taking four or six inches off the top of it to keep it nice and neat and compact otherwise it tends to get a bit, a little bit leggy and a bit woody at the base as it gets older but a super plant for 
uh, seaside locations and it's an easy plant to propagate from cuttings so the listener could actually take more cuttings of it and create that little hedge or, or you know, a, a larger area of the Hebirachiensis. So it's a very simple plant to grow evergreen it'll actually produce a white flower in the summer oh, and um, so it's got a bit of yeah, variety and does well. it does really well in coastal areas it's one of those plants that will tolerate the the salt and the wind which so is a question yeah. we get from time to time we do. On the we do. it probably is seeded in from a neighboring garden or somewhere else it, it can produce seed mm. it can be propagated from cuttings as well but it makes a lovely shrub but do keep it trimmed and rejuvenated because it it can get a little bit lakey Okay. And Woody. <clears throat> uh, now, a couple of ridges pla- uh, ready to plant some veg. Well done. Uh, some red du- du- Duke of York spuds. Could I do this now, or is it still a little cold? I could, could I, could I cover it with a cloche? Well, if you've got cloches to cover it, or like cloches, like a small plastic mm. tunnel that you can put over the ridge, that that's the ideal scenario. So, to answer the question, yes, you can. You can generally traditionally the, the planting of potatoes starts on St Patrick's weekend, so we're coming right up to that at the mm. moment gardeners will have, those that are well prepared will have them sitting on their windowsill for the last month, of course, sprouting and, and lovely young sprouts coming up on the on the sea potatoes. But any of the early varieties like Duke of York, Sharps Express, um, any of those home guard can be planted from this week on. So now you've got plenty of time to plant, so don't think you have to rush in and do it just now. But right through March and early April is the potato planting season. And we generally recommend that people st- sprout them indoors, first of all, in a bright windowsill, get the soil ready, and then as soon as the weather picks, start planting. So the listener can put them out now, no problem at all, mm-hmm. uh, if the soil is workable, and cover them with the cloche, which will keep the wind and the heavy rain off any young plants you put in. But there's also plants like uh, cabbage and lettuce and... Uh, cauliflower, all the, the vegetable plants are available now. Sets, shallots, garlic, again, all those plants, bulbs, I should say, can be planted out of doors now. So once the, the weather and the weather is improving and the temperatures are rising, you can start getting out there, particularly if you've got the soil conditions ready. But there's no rush. You could, you know, over the next six weeks, really, is we're into the main potato, vegetable, set and onion planting season, garlic planting season. Okay, great. Uh, now, a couple of weddings on the cards. So, first of all, flowers, please, if you don't mind, for mid-November wedding. What, Mid-November, <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Somebody's really planning could I ahead. Set the, could I set them now? You so, could. Well, or, or well, do they need to set them yet? Um, well, I, I, often, I often recommend for weddings, is a good idea is, is to visit your local garden centre kind of two weeks beforehand because... What what is the weather going to throw at us in November? We don't know. It could be snow, it could be frost, it could be whatever. But generally, the type of plants that flower in November and through the winter period are things like, there's a lovely plant called the ice plant or sedum. It flowers, it's, it's actually a great bee plant. Bees absolutely love it. It flowers from October right through to early December, nearly up to Christmas, called the ice plant. It's a perennial. It's a herbaceous perennial. The leaves are like a cacti. They're succulent. But the flowers are a brilliant pink colour or they come in shades of red as well. So that's a really nice plant. The ice plant, you could plant it now. Um, a little tip, if you wanted to flower late in the season, is actually let it grow and then around the middle of May actually prune it back. Take about two or maybe six inches off the plant. And that kind of sets it back slightly. But it, it, it kicks into growth again and it flowers about a month later. So that'll be a nice plant to have mm. for November. Um, so that's the ice plant or sedum and there's a, a range of different varieties in them. Chrysanthemums will be in full flower. They will be brilliant and a really good 
choice of plant. Now, you generally plant them around April for chrysanthemums. And again, I would do the same thing. Plant them, then trim them back slightly about the end of May and then let them come again and you have them in full flower for November. You can do the same with dahlias. Dahlias will flower up until the end of November. But again, if you stop them in May, if you actually prune them back slightly, you delay the flowering and they'll be full of colour and they give fantastic cut flowers. Um, Nerines is another lovely plant. It flowers like a lily. Mm -hmm. It's got pink flowers or different shades of pinks and purples and white. And the nerine bulbs are available now so you can plant them now for autumn colour. Heliborus, the Christmas rose, there's a lovely one um, called Christmas Cheer I have it in my own garden mm. and it starts flowering in September late September October it's actually still in flower believe wow. it or not it's still fantastic it's a great plant so that's Christmas Cheer you think it would flower at Christmas time what colour is it? It's, it actually changes colour it starts a, a, a creamy white yeah. and then the older flowers the, hour, the flowers mature they go, they're kind of a reddish pinkish colour at the moment oh, I'll bring in a piece next Christmas week to show cheer. you Christmas Cheer it's Sounds a great heliborus and it has flowered for me right through since last the end of September October right through and it's still in bloom I was admiring it there the, the last couple of days so any of those autumn flowering um, there's a whole range of, of plants that you can use so maybe plant some now but then consider visiting your local garden centre a couple of weeks before November because they'll often have things like winter pansies and flower winter violas um, even some primulas starting cyclamen would be mm. lovely in the autumn as well if you want a bit of colour so it depends what the listener wants is it for pots or containers is it for cutting um, but there's a whole range of, of plants that you could certainly select but yeah why not give it a go now, can we prune roses now and can we set the slips at this point? Well, taking the... early? It's, no, it's not early to prune them. So certainly get out there and prune them back now and, and give them a good, good hard trimming back. Generally speaking, people would probably have given them a light pruning in the autumn, but now is the time of year to go out and cut the roses back. And as I always say, don't worry about shoots that are at the top of the roses, the growth that has started. Disregard all of that. Shorten them back to between six and eight inches from ground level. Remove any dead wood that might be in them. Clean them up. Take any weeds or rubbish from the base of them and start feeding your roses now. So kick them back into growth. Um, the slips, it's too late really for taking the cuttings of roses. They're better taken late summer, autumn period. So just get them tidied up, get them pruned back, get the weeds away from them, get them fed. And, and that's really the key thing for roses at the moment. Now, before the snow, I set primroses in pots. They look a little sad now. Will they die? No, and, and I have some, again, in, in pots and containers. And again, with the snow, the flowers that are in bloom when the snow is out, of course, they're going to get stained and damaged. But there's lots of buds in the centre. So clean them up. Take off any old dead flowers, any dead leaves that might be, be, be on them. Remember that primroses are a spring. We call them the Mayflower, mm. even though they're flowering now. And even the wild primrose is flowering in hedgerows at the moment with the mild winter we've had. But the, their traditional time is April and May. So there's lots of colour to come yet with them. So my advice really is just to tidy them up, give them a liquid feed, something like the Osmo liquid feed, just to give them a booster. If you have a bit of tomato feed, give them a liquid feed of that as well. That'll encourage some new leaves and there'll be plenty of flower buds down deep in the plant that have yet to appear. So it's just a case of tidying them up. And really, you're going to find that around the garden this year, that there's, there's a bit of getting out there and kind of tidying things up, getting on top of the weeds, pruning plants black, starting to feed them, starting help, helping nature to get back 
you know, yeah. would have, would give, have burst. Give it, give it a bit of a boost. Give it a bit of a tidy up and give it a bit of a boost, yeah. Now, uh, we had a November wedding. We've got a May wedding as well. So uh, flowers for early May. So I suppose maybe some of the primroses that you were mentioning. Yeah, yeah and, and May, you're, you're still, we're still kind of in, even though we're, we're slipping into summer, we're, a lot of the spring flowering plants. I was going to say, because we have some late tulips. You, you, well, it, they'd be late. really gone at that stage. Yeah, a lot of the tulips would be gone um, at that stage. But you'd have a lot of the late spring flowering plants and then the early summer flowering plants. So again, if you visit your garden centre in late April, early May, you'll have a lot of the early bedding plants, particularly the hardier ones, coming into flower, like the petunias, um, like marigolds, like May, May would be a great time for those dwarf dahlias. There'll be actually lots of plants available. So rather than planting them now, I would suggest for the May wedding, get into your garden centre two to three weeks before the, the, the main event and look at the, the little bit of colour. Get them planted then. The risk of frost will have passed at that stage and there'll be lots of colour. There'll be osteosperms and uh, loads, there'll be loads. Paris daisies would be lovely for a wedding. There are shades of whites and pinks and reds. Daisy-like flower. Beautiful. Now, Terry has set rooster potatoes in the conservatory, okay. as he always does, but Great. this year there is no sign of budding. Ah, well, maybe it's just... Uh, Are we a bit early? N- well, it's a little bit of patience, I'd say. What, what Terry should do is actually just check the... They're obviously in pots or containers, yeah. so put your hand in, take out one of the, 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 the rooster potatoes, see if they have the broken bud. They should have at this stage. If they're planted, say, two weeks or three weeks, you should see the little eyes start to initiate new growth, the little buds beginning to start, the roots starting to form. So just check them and um, they'll be perfectly flying. Make sure the compost is nice and moist, but the fact that they're in the conservatory, they're trapping any heat and they'll kickstart. I mean, roosters are so reliable. Um, you know, I don't think there's anything to we're fear. Not, we're not going to be worried. No, but if, if you're worrying about them, just check them, just lift, lift one or two of the tubers, have a look at them, but there should be lots of buds coming on them now and they'll be perfectly fine. And that's a great way to kickstart them. If you've got a greenhouse or a tunnel or a conservatory or a spare room, why not put a couple of spuds, or particularly the early varieties, because they're fantastic flavours. The Red Duke of York you mentioned earlier, that's a great variety to plant now in pots and containers, stick it in the greenhouse or the tunnel or a conservatory and, or oh. porch and grow them on for the fun. Okay, last question. Uh, Time is against us. I'm wanting to plant a hardy hedge to grow fast in good shelter. I'm in an open field. What would you suggest and when to plant? I was thinking of laurels with a question mark. And I wouldn't be... Well, you could plant laurel, but I mean, they're... they're, they're, um, Not to... Well, yeah, no. if it's in a hedgerow in a rural area... (laughs) I was going to say, not to offend anyone, (laughs) but there's a lot of them planted. So why not go for, if in that situation... Yeah, we are cutting them a bit, that's the only thing. Look, the perfect thing in that area is a a wild uh, mixed hedgerow. So I would go for blackthorn, whitethorn, fuchsia, uh, the gilder rose, which is is viburnum. Go for things uh, like holly. There's a whole range of plants that can be put into a hedgerow to have a nice mix for scythiae, which is lovely, red flowering... um, current would be lovely. So you have plants flowering at this time of year, the black thorn coming into flower, white thorn following it, the rye base flowering coming into spring, forsythiae coming in, which is beginning to flower now, and then lots of summer colour like the fuchsias. So do a mixed hedgerow and that could be trimmed and kept tidy and you can stick an odd bit of laurel if you want as well for something evergreen. Mm-hmm. But really, I think in a hedgerow or in rural area, in a farmland area like that, a mixed hedgerow would be absolutely fantastic. You get great biodiversity of insects and wildlife coming into it as well. Plant a few primroses at the base where it would be absolutely it's, yeah, gorgeous. It's, it is more in keeping with the environment. It is, it is. Yeah, laurels are fine, they're great. They're great and, and they do their mine, job. But, yeah. uh, they maybe are more sensitive and remember to, that to urban areas. And laurels can be harmful for cattle. Yeah. 
So, okay, so right, bear, so bear that yeah, bear that in mind. If cattle are, are, are grazing on the area, that can be harmful for those. So it's better to go for a mixed traditional native Irish hedgerow. Sounds lovely. We're going to leave it at that. Okay. Yeah. Back again next Saturday. Back, back on St. Patrick's Day. We're St. here Patrick's for St. Patrick's Day. Day to draw on the shamrock. And yeah. to all the mummies tomorrow, uh, have a Happy lovely day. Happy Mum's Day. We hope you're spoiled thoroughly. Uh, I'm back again, of course, next Saturday, just after seven. Stand by. In the meantime, Michael Neary coming your way next here on Midwest on this Saturday morning. Country classics until one and local news also on the way. Until next week, have yourselves a really good weekend. She can hear a sneeze from half a mile away. With those jeans still damp, love. She asks not what her country can do for her, but whether her country's wearing suitable knitwear. They'll catch their deaths. She likes her grand stretch in her evenings and great drying in her weather. She is some woman for one woman. She is your mammy. Give this modern hero an all-cash extravaganza scratch card from the National Lottery this Mother's Day, and she could win up to half a million euro. It's the least she deserves. I don't want any fuss now. Communion and confirmation time is now in full swing at Anthony Ryan's Children's Fashion Floor. Exquisite tasteful communion dresses for girls and fashionable communion wear for boys in the fashion gear they really want. For confirmation and communion wear, visit Anthony Ryan's in the heart of Galway. Open Sunday 1 to 5.30. Hi, Sue here from Homestead Senior Care. Are you or a family member looking for assistance to stay at home in your senior years? Homestead can provide you with a professional caregiver to assist you in your own home and make Make life a little bit easier for you. From companionship to personal care, short or long term, please call us on 094 90 44785.